In today's episode, I'm talking to Chris Morn of IPRAC, the International Property Rental Approval Certification. It's all about trust. How do we get our guests to trust us and part with their money directly to us instead of to the OTAs, which are telling our guests that they are the only place you should be booking. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Heather Bayer, and as ever, super delighted to be back with you. I keep saying, you know, see, this time, this time last year, I was saying, oh, yes, yes, only another week to go before the season ends. Yes, no, it's not happening this year. We are booking well into October now, so I can see busyness carrying on. And we're, it's, it's really interesting as to where we go through the next year. You know, I don't think we can make any predictions. Well, actually, I think I am making a prediction that people in my neck of the woods are going to stay closer to home. I don't think that people are going to be too encouraged to get on an aeroplane and head out as they used to by next summer. So we're working towards another year of staycations. But this time we've got a big head start on it. It's not, it's not like earlier this year when it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? How do we attract people? In fact, we didn't really have to. But for next year, we're launching off our new website in a few weeks time. Really excited about that, working on a lot of content for it. And part of that content is about creating trust with our guests because we have removed our properties from Airbnb. We've paused them on Expedia and likely to not to go back to them at all. And we are working on the massive list that we have of guests that have stayed with us in the past and guests that wanted to stay with us this year and we weren't able to help them. So we want them to continue with this way of booking, booking directly with us rather than heading off to one of the big platforms. So I have at the back of my mind all the time, how do we create trust? How do we make somebody come to our website and go, oh gosh, yes, I am happy to part with my money. I don't have one feeling that I might be defrauded along the way. I don't ever feel that the property is not going to exist because I have trust in this company. So I think it's a really important thing for everybody to be thinking about. We've got this massive opportunity at the moment to connect with our guests even better than we did before. We've, We've got a relationship with them now. We've all been through exactly the same thing. We have all experienced the same during COVID. And it's one thing, you know, it's brought everybody together because right across the world, we're experiencing the same in different ways, obviously, but we do all have a connection. So let's create opportunity out of that connection, get in touch with guests, 
create something on your website that makes them feel comfortable in booking with you. So you're going to be hearing more from me over the next few weeks as we build this website and build the content because I'm really excited about it. I mentioned my newsletter last week about writing every single day, spending an hour writing, whether it's an article or a newsletter or some content for the site or a blog post or, you know, my show notes as, as I do every time I create an episode. You know, I really would encourage that everybody takes that forward as well and becomes practiced at writing every day. And, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you hate, hate, hate writing. Just create a video, create a video every day. That's just something else you can do. We'll be talking a bit more about that um, in the next couple of weeks. So today's guest is Chris Morn from IPRAC, the International Property Rental Approval Certification. Chris has seen this opportunity to create an accreditation for hosts and managers. So they've got something to put on their website that helps guests feel that they can trust it. So it's a verification and accreditation process. And at the end of it, you get an approval certification. Now it is rare that I speak to somebody in the podcast and sort of do an endorsement rather than them talking in more general terms about a topic. But I, I thought it was really important to bring this one to you. It Chris has been in the industry for, for 20 years. And I think that as we move forward with this opportunity, that we should all consider having some form of accreditation. You may already have it. You Like us, we have an accreditation from the Travel Industry Council of Ontario, as you'll hear in this interview. But many people don't. And this could definitely be something to for, for you to consider. So without further ado, let's move on over to the interview with Chris Morn of IPRAC. Well, I'm super happy to have with me today Chris Morn from IPRAC, and he's going to tell you everything about IPRAC as we go through this this discussion and why it's such a great resource to have and why you should be thinking about it. But to kick off, I just want to welcome you, Chris. Thank you so much for for joining me and for you know helping me with this discussion on trust in this industry. It's my pleasure, Heather, and I'm really happy to be here. So. Hopefully we can get some good insights out of the conversation. Well, it's, 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 this whole trust business is so interesting. You know, I've been in the business for, for 20 odd. Yeah, I'm, I'm only ever going to say 25 years. <laughs> and I know you've been around the business for a long time too. So, so let's just kick off with your, your background. What got you into this in the first place? Yeah, well, I, I've been in the industry since year 2000. That was my introduction into short-term rentals when I came to Cannes, south of France, and I found a gap in the market to build a corporate rental agency. So not so much concentrating on holiday lets. We really went into a corporate business model. So we've started that in 2000 and we've created now, we're coming up to like, we manage about 250 properties around the, the around Cannes, Moujan, which along the French Riviera. And we manage some of the the most sought after properties in the world, actually. I mean, some of the villas that we manage are 15, 20 million plus and, you know, getting really high rental. Yeah, so, but we didn't start that way. <laughs> but uh, but it's built over the last 50, 20 years, we've got to that level, but that's where it started. And yeah, we you know, we've managed 250 properties. So it's a, 
it's a busy it's a it's a busy agency. We do a lot of work throughout the congresses, and and I continue to build that company as well as iPRAC, which we'll get into a little bit later. But yeah, that's how I got into the industry. So I've been in the industry, yeah, twenty years now. So so how's COVID impacted you? Because I'm sure it's had quite a considerable impact. Yeah, huge. I think anybody who says it hasn't is uh, is lying, really, isn't it? I mean, we work in the corporate world here in Cannes, so all of the festivals, you know, like the film festival, <laughs> Cannes Lions Festival, and they've all just been cancelled for this year. So we're lucky in a way with the clients that we work with because we work with big corporate organisations like Google, Twitter, Spotify, Fox, to say a few, but they are quite happy just to transfer it all over to the following year, 2021. So it hasn't impacted us that financially as in a way, but obviously it's difficult to manage our owners because they need incomes and and they're mm. under a lot more pressure than, than we are. So COVID's probably caused us more of a problem with our owners to manage and help them guide them through it rather than financial difficulty as a company. So, um, but, you know, we've helped our owners through our understanding of the market to help them reduce costs, help them to go into a holiday, mm-hmm. like a holiday model to try to get some revenue. But, you know, but I mean, Cannes a little bit of a different setup to most places in the world in terms of the wealth of some of the property owners. So some of the properties we manage, like penthouses on the Quasette, the owners are not missing 100,000, yeah. you know, but still we've got smaller offer we've got smaller operators who are you know who need that income for to pay their mortgages or their credits for their investments so we've we've managed them more than anything else but hopefully we'll we'll get back to normal normality in 2021 hopefully yeah hopefully and i think i think it's something that a lot of you know independent owners perhaps lose sight of with property managers that we deal we we have two clients it's not just our guests that we concentrate on we have our guests on one hand and our owners on the other each of which we give the same amount of attention to it's really important that we're keeping these two parties happy well if you're building a if you if you're building your business the right way then yeah I know a lot of them who a lot a lot of people who don't look after their owners and their inventory is changing far too often. So they they list a property, maybe they don't do a good job, so they have to delist the property. So if you're doing a good job, then yeah, you you are, you have to manage your clients and your owners um, the same with the same intention. You know, I mean, we have in our business we have two girls who manage just purely owners who are there responsible yeah. for like to build like that owner's community to try to make sure that our owners stay with us. They listen to our advice. We help them with renovations, taxes, guidance. So we try to build our owners to be in a position where they say, we don't want to go anywhere else. And you need owners. If you don't have your owners, you don't, you've got nowhere to put your clients. So you've got to have both, you know, as much as intention as, as the other. So very important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we manage 160 properties up here in Ontario and uh, very conscious wow. of, you know, just this, this, this great balance. And, you know, some, some years actually we have more, you know, more issues to dealing with owners than we do with guests. So uh, it's a great balance, but it's a wonderful business to be in. We're going to come and talk about IPRAC, which is your, your other mm-hmm. company a bit later on, but, yes. um, you know, I want to move to the, to the core of this discussion, which is, uh, which is about, about trust. I've been in the business since 2000 and, 
well, in fact, 19, in, in the late part of the 1990s, but with my property management company since 2003. And at that time, of course, it was us and guests. There was really no third party, you know, a couple of listing sites, you know, the traditional listing sites where you dealt directly with your guests via that listing site, which, of course, the whole book, book direct movement, we're trying to get back to that same mm. sort of ethos. It was great. We could create a trust with our guests because we had this relationship that developed with them. And then, of course, over time, as the OTAs took more and more control, we lost that, even to the point of the OTAs saying very loudly that they were the only ones to be trusted and we were not as property owners and hosts managers where you know don't trust these people because you might find that you get there and and the property doesn't exist or it's Absolutely. significantly not as described and i know that you've spent a lot of time looking into this can you give me some examples of these you know let, let's put the otas on one side at the moment but what constitutes fraud in this industry right now well i think I mean, the, the, the problem with fraud where the, you know, like, listen, fraudsters are not these people who are looking to get into industries. They're, they're looking to get into industries that they know they can generate fraudulent money. So when, you know, when, you, when you're going back to when you were saying back in like early 2000s, fraud, you know, fraud wasn't really a big thing. So nobody was introduced to that fraud was happening or people were arriving at properties that didn't exist and so it's really over the last nine to 12 years that the the industry's boomed with the OTAs that fraudsters have seen a gap in the market to enter and start listing fraudulent properties now they've got really sophisticated in their techniques from when they started maybe back in 2007-8 to a high degree um, but now they're really operating on a sophisticated level in terms of how they're designing websites and things and listing on OTAs. So this is one of the biggest problems that we feel today is that OTAs are concentrating purely on inventory. So they mm-hmm. there's no barrier to en- there's no barrier to entry to get onto an OTA. If you want to list a property tomorrow, you can take the photos, description, list your bank details, and you're pretty much on the platform operating as a property manager or a property owner. This is where the problem lies because no barrier to entry means fraudsters can quite easily go and list fraudulent properties on the OTA, on the booking platform. And that's where the problems are arriving because the fraudsters are going on there with the intention to bring people off the platform through fraudulent techniques that they use, dis- heavy discounts, you know, transferring them over, bringing them off platform. So all of a sudden, the OTAs are a platform for fraudsters because there's no barrier to entry. So the amount of people who are booking on OTAs and arriving at properties that don't exist is on a high level that's, you know, I mean, OTAs won't agree to that maybe, but it's true that it's happening because there's no barrier to entry. So mm-hmm. this is a, this is a problem. No barrier to entry. And you've gone from an OTA where I think Airbnb might have close to 7 million listings and not one of them is verified. So, I mean, you can't tell me that, you know, like 500,000 of them are not fraud, fraudulent listings. So so how can they do this? How can they say how uh, trustworthy they are? Well, they can't. I mean, they're a a book. They call themselves a booking platform when it's in their favor. And when, Mm -hmm. and when it becomes a problematic incident of fraud 
they'll call themselves a marketing platform. We're only a marketing platform. So we're not in, you know, we, we don't take responsibility for the fraud. You list if you, if you go off our platform. So they, they're, very, they're very clever in what they do. And I, look, I don't want to get into an anti-OTA discussion yeah. because they've brought a lot of value to the, to the industry. I just believe that they've, they've got too big too quick. With and not left a barrier to entry, which has left a door open for fraudsters to to come in and operate. So now you've got they won't deny that there's fraudulent listings on their site, but they say their consumers are protected, but they're yeah. protected through a very they're not protected in in form of um, experience. And I'll explain that they don't release a mm-hmm. consumer's money to the host until the host arrives. That's the, that's the general safety net that a consumer has. So they don't verify the listing, but they won't pay the host until the guest's arrived and he's into the apartment or the villa or the property and everything's okay. Then they think, okay, everything's okay. We'll release the money to the host. But what's happening is consumers are arriving at a destination. The villa isn't, doesn't exist. The client hasn't lost money, but their mm-hmm. experience and their, and their mental health and their you know, anxiety levels are sky high because they, you know, they've arrived. There's nothing there. They're in tour with their family, kids. Then they contact Booking.com or Airbnb to explain the problem. That's when Booking.com will intervene and say, "Okay, we'll investigate. We'll put you in a hotel. We'll look for a so." But that's not that's not the solution. We have to stop it at source. Not let the yeah. fraudulent operators list on such high net worth brands. That are promoting, you know, they're spending billions on marketing to gain consumer trust, but they're not delivering consumer trust. Well, I want to move on in a moment to look at what the steps that owners and managers can take to build that trust so that they are presenting themselves as a trustworthy option. But before that, I, you know, that uh, on your website, there were some really interesting statistics. I wonder if you could just talk us through those. Seven million and lost a holiday booking fraud in 2018. I mean, this is seven million pounds. So we're talking, you know, 12 These are UK figures. Yes. These are are UK figures. So these aren't even global. These aren't even global figures. So yes, seven million pounds was reported to be lost due to holiday rental fraud. That was, I think them, them stats were done in 2019, 18, 19. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, so this is people who are booking and just not, you know, and just losing their money, just giving it to mm-hmm. fraudsters. And then, then the, the second one, 5,000 plus number of UK travellers who fell victim to travel-related fraud yeah. in 2018. So that's, God, that's a lot of, that is a lot of people who had their vacations disrupted and you know you you just usually hear one or two of these in the you know occasionally the the media media will grab it but Mm. over five thousand groups of people uh, have been impacted and And then 1380 which uh, 80 pounds so 1380 pounds is you know two thousand plus dollars the average amount lost by uk traveler and that's lost so yeah gone yeah, it's really worthwhile thinking about those statistics, particularly when we start moving into saying, okay, so, you know, we want to we want our clients to book direct with us. We want to generate that trust. And and as you said, you know, this is not about talking down the OTAs. They do have their 
their purpose, you know. <laughs> they, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we're now 100% in our company. We're now 100% uh, direct booking, which is fantastic. But that's, you know, that, that's a sort Amazing. of goal that, uh, that many, many people have. But be- long, long before you get there, and we only came off Airbnb in, in May. And before that, you know, we were using OTAs, but using mm. them for our purposes bringing us the guests and we were then nurturing the guests once they were there in the property and becoming uh, to, to become repeats and to become guest ambassadors for us, which I think is a really, really important, uh, important part of, of, of the equation. So as owners and managers begin to grow this book direct strategy, what steps can they take to build that trust? You know, are, are there some actions that uh, that they can take positively to start putting that into practice? Well, uh, you know, this is one. This is the reason why we founded IPRAC. I mean, because there's nothing out there in the in the in the market that could really give a, a, a consumer that 100% verification that they, they were dealing with a legitimate operator, because. In today's world, you have certain people who say, look, you can trust me, look at my reviews, look at who I am. But it's just not enough to convince somebody who doesn't know you to send 5000 or 4000 or $10,000 as a deposit over to secure a property that you've never visited, you don't know who the owner is. So generally, if you're operating in a direct booking business, it takes a lot of effort and work to be able to build a direct booking business so that you're zero reliant on an OTA or a booking platform. That should be everybody's goal, but it's not that easy. That's for sure. Like we, we, we've never, ever listed on OTAs. And we've built our, our client base through trust and delivering a service and retention. So if you're an owner today or an agency today and you want to get into the direct booking model, you've got to build that bridge between the consumer and your service, and that bridge has to be trust and confidence. You've got to give your consumer, potential guest, a concrete reason that they can trust you. And the only way to do that in today's market is by using a third-party verification. Like We have been approved and verified by this company. So it's not me mm-hmm. telling you I'm good. It's not me telling you I'm great. It's not my friend who's te- – no, this is a company who's dedicated to verifying legitimate operators – and I've been verified by them. This is my logo. This is my profile. You can check me out on the IPRAC platform. That is the only solution out there that gives 100% because we guarantee all of the bookings and payments made to IPRAC members. So that's what a consumer needs. So mm-hmm. you, can argue, you can argue with a consumer, yeah, you can trust me, you can trust me. But nine times out of 10, they're not going to book with you. Because they just just don't feel the confidence. So you, I yes, think, we're... in all honesty, I mean, I'm biased with IPRAC, of course, but it, 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 there's nothing out there that um, that provides that mm-hmm. bridge of confidence from a third party. Somebody saying this guy or this agency is legitimate. Yeah, I, uh, that's such a, a huge point, a very such an important point you make because you know we we, we buy things on trust all the time. Yes. You know, all buying stuff on. Why do people buy everything on Amazon and not go directly to to the provider? Because they trust, trust. Uh, that Amazon. something that's on Amazon is going to deliver what uh, what was promised. And I know up here in in Ontario, we are mandated by the government uh, as right. as uh, as a travel agency 
So we have to be uh, we have to be registered with the Travel Industry Council of Ontario, which is you know our governing body, and yeah. these agencies pop up all over the place and they get stamped down pretty quickly because they are that they, they won't get the bookings because they don't have that you know what we call it our TICO the TICO registration is our, our seal of approval and and I, I I completely agree you know <laughs> people love the badges they love to see that something is accredited is approved has gone through some level of scrutiny you mentioned about the badges and that's something that's very important to, to discuss because, you know, traceability within the badge is very important today. When when we designed IPRAC, we could see that there were so many badges of confidence and security and trust that are out there, but they're so easily copied and pasted onto any kind of website. So traceability within a logo of trust is so important. And that's what we built with IPRAC because IPRAC's logo has a unique ID number in the logo. So you can't copy an IPRAT logo. You can't take somebody else's logo because the ID number doesn't link to the profile. So the ID number links to that member's profile where a consumer can verify all of that member's details. So there's a lot of logos out there that don't hold any traceability. And when the logo doesn't hold any traceability, it reduces the amount of trust you can put in that logo because how do I know you've gone through that? Mm-hmm. How do I know you've been scrutinized by that company? You could have just put that logo on your website and expect me to believe it, which is what fraudsters do. I mean, in the UK, one of the biggest companies who are all about trust, I mean, ABTA, okay, which is one of the biggest logos of trust, is one of the biggest logos used on fraudulent websites because they, just, they can just take that ABTA logo and put it onto a fraudulent website. So there's no traceability in the logo. So that's mm-hmm. the problem. People are people are creating all these cleaning certification logos today, but I mean they're not they don't hold any value because there's no traceability. There's only one company I believe who's doing it, Jill Mason. She's introduced traceability within the logo, which is fantastic. We partner with her because of that, mm-hmm. but we don't endorse any other logo that's just easy to copy because it doesn't hold any value. Yeah, and that's you know once again really important point to make. So if somebody's looking to get verification, what are the steps they have to go through? Well, we do two different verification processes. One's for a private owner, which is with one property, and the other is for a rental agency, rental manager, which is a company, a registered company within their country. So the, the both processes are similar, but they're different in terms of the supporting documents we request to be able to do the process. So they do an application, which a lot of the application, we get a lot of the data because the data that we need is very important. But Mm -hmm. the supporting documents that we ask for, i.e. passport, copy of bank statements, proof of ownership, proof proof of company certification, utility bills, uh, social media link accounts. So we get a lot of the data from that particular person and then, we've got the technology within our back office where we then go to work and match the passport number with the certain details that are matched on. So we do a lot of work behind the scenes and we do anywhere between seven to 10 days to approve a member once we've received the application. So you would go online onto the IPRAC website, decide who your category is, whether you're an owner or an agent, and then you would process the application and, and then that's it. And, you know, we, we refuse quite a lot as well because they don't have the, they just mm-hmm. don't pass the, the, the robust 
and rigorous checks that we do. So, because we need everybody to pass the test, pass the, the the approval status, and and that's it really. But I mean, it's it's a simple. We've made it a simple process for legitimate operators. So, yeah. if you're a fraudster, you're not you're not going to get through. That's for sure. But for a legitimate operator, we've made it a very seamless exercise. It takes a little bit of time, but maybe 25 minutes. But we need that time to be able to get all of the data, get all the information, and to be able to approve that person. So, but once you're approved, then you're then you're an IPRAP member and you get your logo, certificate, and your IPRAP profile. So, so when a, a consumer, potential guest, yeah. comes to somebody's website and sees the IPRAC logo on there, yeah. what, uh, where do they go? Do, I mean, how, how is that telling them that, that this is a site to be trusted? Yeah, well, what they do is they would, the, the IPRAC logo will have the ID number in the logo. So they, mm-hmm. will then, they will then be able to go onto the IPRAC platform and do the member's search with that ID number, and then it will bring up who that member is, the, the agency so then you'll be able to know that if that's the agency you're dealing with, the last five digits of the bank account are listed, the email, the phone number, the office address. So normally that's the information that they've already communicated you with, but you can verify your booking on that profile. So that's when we guarantee the rental payments to that member. So that's okay, so why the I, ID I, number is so important. Okay. So payments to that member, do you have anything to do with, with that? No, they go. No. They they pay directly the they pay directly the IPRAP member to their bank account, PayPal or Stripe, and mm-hmm. we we when they verify the uh, when we verify the booking, they pay the the owner directly or the agency directly. But we've guaranteed that member, so we know that there's no fraud going to exist. So there's no problem with the with the payment. We oversee it, and we have an insurance that when the consumer registers the booking, we're aware of that booking on our system. So if the consumer calls us and says there's a problem, our insurance can take over. But we've yeah, int- we've had over yeah, we've had we haven't had a problem with fraud in four years. Yeah. Does do you hear from from uh guests in other ways, not just fraud, but perhaps in you know the, the not as described type of uh scenario? Yeah. Yeah, we do, but uh, that that's something that we don't, you know, we're not there to kind of verify standing of service as such. We're there to verify the legitimacy of the operator. So we do get some people saying, oh, we got there and, uh, you know, we had to wait two minutes for uh, to get checked in. You know, so that can happen. So, you know, but that's not something that you can claim on the booking and get your money back. You know, you, you know, they, they provided you with the property that you booked and, you know, but... We get a few, but very rarely. I mean, most people who want to become IPRAC approved are professional, legitimate, and they just want to showcase credibility. So they're not interested in doing a bad job. They're just there to uh, make sure that they can showcase credibility through a third-party mm-hmm. verification. Well, I, I know from our experience as, a, as, as you know, having that Tico logo on our website. Yes. Uh, yes. That, and we use it. Probably, you know, a couple of times a week when somebody says, you know, how do I, you know, that question, how do I know yeah. you're legitimate? Well, you can go yeah. to Tico and, and do the same sort of uh, due diligence uh, with, with them. You can go to Tico, you can check on their, their list of registered travel agents, and we are on there. And please don't choose, and this is what, you know, we, we say to guests all the time, we can't accommodate you. You must be going to somewhere else. 
Please don't choose anything that doesn't from an agency that does not have that Tico mm. logo on. So I, I can I sure, can definitely yeah, see yeah. You know, somebody says, well, you know, I can't accommodate you, but you know, when you're looking, yeah. make sure you see an IPRAC logo. That's it. That's what that's 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 basically why we launched IPRAC to, to be able to differentiate legitimate and professional operators from the others. So anybody who's promoting an IPRAC logo is obviously invested in their consumer, in their guest, because they want to provide their guest with the confidence as well. It's not always about what you as an agency believe you are. You've got to provide your potential guests with enough confidence and experience so that they can enjoy the, the build up to their holiday. They know that they've booked through a legitimate operator. It's not just about what you believe. You've got to present enough information and invest in your business to invest in your guests so that your guest thinks, are oh, their IPRAC approved? Fantastic. But you've done a good job. You've, that means you've invested in your potential guest by becoming IPRAC approved. And that's what we want most guests to, uh, most operators to, to believe and start investing in their trust and confidence strategy by becoming IPRAC approved. I think that's important. And it's such a good tool as well. It's a fantastic conversion tool because it helps you convert inquiries into mm-hmm. rentals. Yes, yes, and I, this, this, as I say, this is something that that we've we've experienced with um, with Tico. So, Chris, yeah. you're talking at the Book Direct Summit at the end yes. of September. So, what will you be yeah. sharing with, uh, with your virtual audience then? Pretty much, pretty much what we've kind of discussed today. You know how you can how important it is to display trust and confidence, and that, how that can affect your conversion rate from inquiries to bookings. So not, you know, wasting money on marketing to generate the inquiries that you can't convert. So we, there, I'm going to speak about how you can convert these inquiries into rentals and how you can showcase trust and confidence, not only just through IPRAC approval, but through other techniques throughout your website and make sure your website is direct booking adaptable, because I think that's another thing. You've got to have it geared up for direct booking as well. So I'll be mainly considering the the factor of trust and confidence, but how to help people maximize conversion through trust. And I, and I think, you know, I'm looking across the entire schedule for the Book Direct Summit, and there is so much in there to support owners and managers from, you know, to, to, to support them in this process of, of Book Direct. So I will be speaking, you're speaking, that will be, uh, it's, it's that, that's a fun couple of days, and I'll put yeah. links do that on the show notes. So um, just before we finish, Chris, do you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you and learn more about IPRAC? Well, I'm very heavily into LinkedIn. I don't really do much anywhere else, but I mean, the IPRAC platform is pretty much on most social media, but just go to www.i-prac.com and pretty much everything's there or you, and you can find my details directly from the, from the platform and I'm open to speak to anybody about trust and confidence and, and how we can uh, work together to make a, a more sustainable industry for, and with gaining more trust. That's Perfect. my mission. <laughs> and you put that across really well. So I'm, I will make sure that all that information is on the show notes as well. So if anybody's interested you know, before, you. before the summit to, uh, to get in touch with you, they can. So I did thank you just you – know, Huge thanks to you for joining me from Cannes in France and 
so so often, particularly when I'm talking to anybody between November and April, it's you know I I'm six feet deep in snow, but it's nice to say I'm probably having the same sort of weather here as you are there at the minute. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> we all uh, we all we all deserve a little bit of sun every now and again. Yeah, we we do indeed. So that was Chris, who has who has now left us. <laughs> And I am going to talk a little bit more about trust and confidence as you're creating your website. And that is something that I am doing with my own website at the moment, because as I create it, I'm thinking constantly about the person who is coming and looking at it and who has probably been to Airbnb, they've been to booking.com, they've been to HomeAway. Sorry, I'm not sure HomeAway exists anymore. Been to uh, VRBO, Verbo and Expedia. And they're being told, you know, you've got to trust us and and not them, not the independents. So as I'm looking at my website, I'm thinking, okay, they've probably come to me after they've been to these sites. The real purpose of what I'm trying to do at the moment is to stop them going back to Airbnb or Expedia to make their booking. Because this so often happens that I hear, well, not not anymore because we are 100% independent now, but, but beforehand, I would hear from guests who said, you know, I came to your website because, you know, I, I came because of a blog post. I read a blog post and and I saw it on social media. So I came and looked at it, but I, I wasn't sure about booking with you. So I went and booked on Airbnb and I'm thinking we're, we're doing something wrong here. If people are going back to these big platforms because they're used to them, because it's cozy and comfortable. It's like going to Amazon to buy a product when you can buy it somewhere else, but you just don't have that trust to go to the actual provider to do so because it's so much easier. It's so much easier to do it uh, on Airbnb and you feel more comfortable uh, doing so. So a couple of things that I just want to add here before I sign off. And I've said this over and over again, there's a few things that you can easily do on your website to make people trust you to get people to trust you. And the number one, you know, I've said this over and over again, you need a great about us page. You need to have that really good about us page, which is personal. And I talk about the map principle. You make your about us page memorable, you make it appealing and you make it personal. You tell a story in your about us page. Fraudsters don't tell stories. They don't have the time for that. And if you tell your story and you are speaking to your niche market, you're speaking to your avatar within your story. And, you know, I, I mention a number of people who do this so well, uh, Diane Denton from Seahorse Diamond Beach. I mentioned Diane over and over again because she is just that perfect example of the person who is creating trust within her website because she's speaking directly to her audience. And she's saying, hey, guys, I'm like you. I'm a horse lover. I love to ride my horse on the beach. We love dogs. We want them to, you know, we want your horses and your dogs to come with you and enjoy our fabulous location. And in the way she puts it, she is creating the trust and the confidence because she's speaking directly to her avatar. And that is, you know, if there's one thing that you take away from this section of this episode, 
is that the About Us page is super, super important. So I'm going to wrap this one up shortly and we will come together again next week. But for the moment, I just want to remind you about the Book Direct Show that is taking place virtually at the end of September, 29th and 30th of September. Some fabulous speakers. And I really encourage you to buy your ticket for that one. I mean, there's been a lot of webinars. There've been a lot of seminars over the past few months because everybody is piling online. But this one is, you know, this this is a you know a little like uh, Amy Highnotes Data and Revenue Management Conference, which is coming up as well. I'll put that in the show notes too. When these webinars and shows become very specific on a topic, you're going to find the best information. So with the book direct show, you are going to find all the speakers talking about exactly that, how you create your book direct strategy. And, you know, you're going to hear from Tyan Marsink. My friend Tyan will be there. Nancy McAleer from Florida Rental by Owners will be there talking about how, you know, why you need to use some of these niche listing sites. You're going to hear from your favorite UK people, Mark Simpson from Boostly. You'll hear from Damien Sheridan, who has founded this conference. And you will hear from Matt Landau, Amy Hynote. And yeah, just probably too many to mention. Most of the people that you have heard about in this industry are speaking at this conference. So I'm so excited about this. I think it's at a perfect time at the end of September. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to taking part and hopefully you will come along and watch these presentations. So you will see Chris Morn talking about trust. You will hear me Uh, I'm doing a presentation on the guest experience, uh, which is also about creating trust from beginning to end, but it's about a book direct strategy, which is based on the seven stages of the guest experience and how you can make that connection and engagement with your guests at every one of these stages. So hope to see you there. I really miss the face-to-face conferences. I really miss networking with people you know, having the time in the bar and the dinner at the end of a day at the coffee breaks. But, you know, it is what it is. This is something that we will we will get through and we'll be back to face-to-face networking, I'm hoping, by sometime next year. So that's it uh, from me today. It was a complete delight talking to Chris from IPRAC. I think it's it, this is a great concept and to have a verification badge that is, as Chris said, dedicated to to you. So it's not just a logo that you're going to slap on your website. It is it's very much like our, as I mentioned, our Tico badge, which has a number attached to it. So we can only put that Tico logo and number on our site. Nobody else could use it on their sites because it identifies us as a company. So this is what IPRAC is doing on a much broader basis. So that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion on trust and confidence. I hope you'll think about it uh, a lot more and uh, I shall look forward to being with you again next week. (laughs) 